Welcome to the QChat Business Podcast, hosted by the Quincy Area Chamber of Commerce in partnership with Town Square Media. Thank you for tuning in to QChat Business Podcast in partnership with Town Square Media, Quincy Hannibal. I am your host, Latanya Brock, President and CEO of the Quincy Area Chamber of Commerce. And today I have the opportunity to have with me in the studio, Laura Sievert, Executive Director of Arts Quincy. Laura, hello. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. It's certainly a pleasure. Um, I know a lot of people know a lot about you, so they think, but I want you today to just kind of start off telling our listeners maybe something that they do not know about you. Well, lots of people know, uh, yeah, that I'm the executive director of America's first arts council. That's Arts Quincy. Um, I have two little boys, three and six. They are amazing. Um, but the uh, what's the trivia fact today? Uh, here's one. I Uh-oh. just uh, <laughs> I was like, what do they not know? <laughs> they know I'm a Hawkeye. They know I'm also I went to Mizzou too. For did my you masters. say like Hawkeye? I did say Hawkeye. Oh, we have, okay. <laughs> we have a little rivalry going on here. There's bets in football season. Uh, <laughs> Iowa, Iowa State uh, rivalry right here. <laughs> But I guess my trivia would be, um, I am an avid uh, cyclist, bicyclist, and uh, I just turned over 15,000 miles wow. on my bike, which is named the Dream Machine. So there you go. Wow. That's trivia. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and for those of you that are listening, when she say avid, she means avid. She's tried to get me out there a couple of times. So Laura, on that path, we talk about something that people don't know about you. And some listeners may know this about you, but tell us about your latest certification in DE&I. That's right. Um, I just completed... Um, through Northwestern University, uh, a DEI certificate for leadership. And really, um, it was a focused certificate program looking at how we can model better from a leadership perspective. And, you know, I work with 55 nonprofits throughout the region um, directly and even more than that in some of some of our partnership work. And um, I want to make sure that I'm putting in policies at Arts Quincy that can be models for everyone else, um, that I am rethinking how we, we discuss DEI, bringing it into every conversation. It doesn't have to be like a special occasion to talk to EI. It can be part of our everyday um, lives and really should be. Um, And then looking at Quincy and its art scene through a lens of how can we be more inclusive? How can we get more folks involved um, and make accessibility a key to what we're doing? So really loved this program through Northwestern. And, uh, you know, I should mention that that was through the support of Tracy Family Foundation, um, who does some amazing capacity building programs Mm -hmm. and allows us to do that education component it's so important. Absolutely. I know, Laura, you had me do a couple of workshops for the art community around diversity and inclusion. So I would say that you've been in that space for a long time. So uh, people may not know that you are passionate about that and how you land in that space, but you've certainly been an ally. And I'd like to personally thank you for that. Well, it's my honor. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where you always have to remember that we can do better. And when we there's a famous uh, Maya Angelou quote that says, when you know better, do better. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorites, because every time I learn something new about how to to, to be better, to, to be more inclusive, and to bring more people into the arts. Um, I try to implement that in what we're doing at Arts Quincy and beyond. I think that's phenomenal. We certainly all can do more in the space of DE&I, and I certainly love Maya Angelou. She's one of my uh, famous ladies that I really enjoy. And I want to say, back to the Chamber, I mean, the amount of programming that you've done around this space is something most communities uh, can only dream of. It's been terrific, and it's been terrific to see our business community realize that there are economic advantages 
changes to being big in the DEI space. They're going to to reap a lot of rewards for the investment that they put in there. And the chamber has been a leader in that. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, Laura, tell us what's happening in the art space. Well, we're so excited that uh, basically our calendar is filling back up, right? (laughs) Coming out of COVID, right? (laughs) That's right. So we had sort of a weird year, if you you haven't noticed. Um, And um, we're just seeing all of the arts calendar come back together. So we're talking about symphony concerts. And uh, uh, I'm in the park band, so we're excited to see park band come back. theater. We have live theater back this week, so that's exciting. Um, certainly Blues in the District is something that people are looking forward to Absolutely. in Q-Fest. Yeah, so all of those things are starting to fill back up in our calendar. In a normal year, we have more than 600 events in our calendar, and um, I, uh, I always say if you're bored in Quincy, you just haven't checked the Arts Quincy <laughs> calendar yet, um, because there's really something for everybody. And, and a lot of people know about the things that I just mentioned, those big orgs, but I also have a lot of real small club-sized orgs. You know, if you're interested in needleworking or woodworking or uh, watercolors, I mean, really some niche, cool um, folk arts. Uh, We have something for everybody. So check that calendar as it repopulates. It's really exciting. It is exciting. And you mentioned um, kind of a weird year last year, but I think you still did well in that space. You pivoted well. I think you were one of the first ones out there to really do some virtual stuff and to kind of lead the way in that. So thank you for your creativity. The other thing, Laura, that I think about when I think about... um, Arts Quincy is a lot of people don't know how your organization partner or cover or support the other orgs. So can you just talk a little bit about that infrastructure? Yeah. So um, Arts Quincy was conceived as America's first arts council to be a voice on behalf of all of the arts. So we leverage media partnerships. For example, we also partner with Town Square Media and they do a great job. But we do over a quarter million dollars worth of advertising on behalf of the arts. We do an enormous public service campaign um, that goes, uh, you know, 52 weeks a year and a different commercial every single week. Um, um, But we also function as sort of a voice in the statewide level. So uh, sometimes this rural area doesn't get as much attention um, and the Chicago, you know, big organizations can sometimes suck the air out of the room. Absolutely. So I'm down here um, waving the flag saying, you know, give us some funding and we'll do something amazing and really reach a population that may not otherwise get access. Um, So I serve that function. I am in the executive uh, board for the uh, local area arts agencies. And then I'm also in some of the outreach pieces. So I'm the nearest... a nearest arts council to East St. Louis, um, which is a really underserved area that has amazing, amazing <laughs> arts organizations. Like I really love them. So we are helping them um, create the infrastructure to have their own arts council, which also opens up some different funding opportunities for them. So I am their like liaison, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. um, and working with some cool organizations. My favorite I just got a, off a call uh, with today is the Miles Davis House. So Miles Davis's childhood home is in East St. Louis. And uh, yeah, excited. You've been talking about that for a while, so I'm excited to see what they do. And for our listeners, Laura has certainly um, opened up access in the St. Louis area and worked more closely and more diligent than she's willing to say here. But (laughs) she's certainly been instrumental in just some of their organizations getting up and running and um, just being uh, organizationally sound. So thank you for that as well. So when you talk about the impact of arts in our community, I don't think some people understand the economic impact. Um, Can you talk to our business community and tell them how um, that translates to retention and attraction in in this area? Absolutely. You know, we always say that the arts mean business because um, we, you know, we actually commissioned a study and this is in 2018 um, to just quantify that impact. And um, our study showed $15.6 million of economic 
economic activity was driven by the arts directly. And that's not counting all of that ancillary thing. So you don't go to the symphony without going out to tiramisu first. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so uh, I guess that's a hint. Am I dropping hints? Like, <laughs> you are, but it's okay. I haven't been to the new tiramisu yet, so I'm just saying. It's amazing. Uh, you got to go. <laughs> and uh, real excited about that. So, um, you know, every time an arts event comes to town, when QFest is here, think of all of the downtown businesses that are impacted. Um, but moreover, um, just like you said, when it comes to quality of life measures and um, a, an attraction and keeping our talent right here, um, the arts are at the forefront of people's minds. You know, I frequently take out, um, you know, executives and things that they're trying to recruit for, say, Blessing Hospital or one of the um, the plants or Naphide. Um, and they want to know, you know, are there opportunities for my kids? And I can say, look at the Quincy School Music Department or the Catholic School's Music Department. We have a ton of really great opportunities. Um, look to the Quincy Art Center for programming in the summer. Look to uh, the symphony for great things to, to listen to and the concert band. Um, you know, so there's a lot that I can tell somebody about um, that impacts their decision to think, is this a community that values creativity, that values growth, and that um, is a fun place to live? Absolutely. I almost think when you were talking, I almost think about um, how our business community can especially partner with you Mm -hmm. in this space as far as programming and um, different things that you do and offer through the arts community when we're looking at the um, how do we move forward as a community, how to attract new people here, and how to keep people, and we're struggling with just job opportunities, but as we bring new people here. I think it's, um, I think when you talk about inclusion, some people just talk about external, but I think arts is a huge piece of that inclusion piece that we need to talk about more. So I want you for our listeners that may not have heard that big number that you said, tell me again what your economic impact is again in the arts community. Yeah, in a normal non-COVID year, um, we we drive $15.6 million worth of economic activity and we're actually um, the sixth largest employer in town. Um, It is 625 um, full-time equivalent jobs. Um, when it is at full staffing. So, uh, you know, we only expect that to grow. I can see it in my own, um, in, in the Arts Council here, um, but really throughout the arts community, people want those opportunities. They want those programs there for their families. Um, and really, there's something um, for everyone in the arts, and the more that we can expand and get to folks, um, the better. That is awesome. Now, Laura, you know I have a list of questions here, right? Oh, yes. And so I don't want to limit you to these questions, so I'm going to just ask you kind of an open-ended one and let you take us in the direction um, you want to go and what you want to share. How can our listeners get more connected to Arts Quincy? That's one. The other one is tell us what you want us to know today about the arts community. Oh, I like those. Uh, you know, to get connected, um, I will say that it, normally I would say grab our Arts Quincy magazine. It is free, uh, and you can get it delivered to your home for free. It's beautiful, full-color, gorgeous magazine. But make sure you're following us on social right now because um, that magazine gets printed, and then it's gone, and things are coming back on that calendar constantly. Absolutely. So the second that I print it, it is out of date. <laughs> I would love to tell you I'm on it, but it is just not been as predictable. So follow us on that social, and absolutely, um, that's going to keep you in informed of everything coming back and the restrictions that you need to know about and how you can prepare um, to go back out and enjoy these things that we all love. Um, And uh, what I would tell you about the arts community in Quincy right now is maybe a compliment to our business community and a compliment to the donors out there is so much of the state has struggled so mightily this year. There are venues that will close and will never come back. Um, I mean, things that are iconic. Second City in Chicago is an example. Iconic things that may not have the funding to come back. Um, Largely, our 
our arts orgs here in Quincy, there is no one that I know of that is closing. And we have all managed to take advantage of the things that were available to us uh, as far as COVID aid went. But our business community stepped up and our um, and our foundations, uh, you know, the Tracy family and the Mormon Foundation and those those sort of big funders stepped up and said, we are not going to let the arts community here suffer that way. Mm-hmm. And I think we shall be really proud of that because we're, you know, we are the home of America's first arts council and we do have an opera company right out here yeah. <laughs> in, in the, in the cornfields, we have an mm-hmm. opera company and I just think we should be so proud of that. Um, so, uh, you know, kudos to the people who value it, who put a couple dollars behind Absolutely. that value and who understand what it means to be in a community that has a thriving art scene. You know, I just think that that's powerful just to talk about how arts is. So when I think about your, the arts community, I know we, the businesses, they support the arts community tons. But let's say a family is really interested in how can I support the arts community beyond just sending my child or taking my children to different type of campaigns? What if I want to be um, a funder? How do individuals get involved with that piece? Well, you know, just write the check. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> uh, you know, we're always looking for donors for sure. But one of the places I'd really like to, to say is I have 55 partner organizations and we have 12 to 15 15 member boards on every single one of those. And we are looking for diversity. We are looking for inclusion. We are looking for voices of our community to be on our boards all the time. Um, You know, if you, if you are, I had one person say, well, I'm an accountant and I don't know a lot about music. Could I be a part of this? And I said, oh my gosh, we could use accountants like the most. <laughs> Send them my way, please. We will find you a place for you on our boards of directors and we need that. So whatever skill set you have, um, we can plug you into an organization you care about. Um, you know, my husband just got involved in um, the Dr. Eels Underground Railroad House. Oh, wow. Um, he's a history teacher at the high school. It makes a lot of sense from a professional development standpoint. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's one of Quincy's most amazing um uh, pieces of architecture and pieces of history. So um, mm-hmm. that may be a time we can plug our. There I can go. see your face. <laughs> I'm like, take it out, take it from here. Okay. Tell them when they can visit or how they can visit. I'm not sure the date. I'll have to look. It's June 10th. Oh, I just looked it so up. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> June 10th. Uh, go ahead and tell them. No, you tell them. Oh, we're gosh. doing it. Well, I'll start it off and you finish. Okay. Okay. So we're doing on June the 10th. We're doing a business after hours, and it's a community partners business after hours. And one of my uh, partners is right here with me in the studio, none other than Miss Laura Sievert, Executive Director, again, of Arts Quincy. And then we also have Marcel that will be with us from Greta. We have Bruce, uh, Bruce from the district, and then, of course, Holly Kane that will be with us from Tourism. So I want Laura to tell us what we can expect, because this is going to be yeah. a different business after hour, but a fun one. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about this one. The Dr. Eels Underground Railroad Home is in, uh, in Quincy on uh, 4th and Jersey, and um, it's one of the most amazing sites. Um, so if you don't know the story of the home, it's uh, it's a, a, a husband and wife moved here from the East Coast uh, specifically to help runaway slaves. Wow. They, uh, they believed in the, the abolitionist movement and they wanted to be on the front lines of helping. And of course we're the first stop uh, east of the Mississippi. So um, when when runaways came through the, the area from Arkansas and Missouri and different places they would cross the Mississippi and the eels would give them refuge. It would be their first stop. Um, they don't know how many people he helped, but they are about that. They they think maybe two hundred people have come through that site um, before he was eventually caught trying to help um, a slave named Charlie. Uh, and uh, really, really interesting um, story. Uh, the bravery of 
everyone involved is amazing. And to think that Quincy was on the front lines of helping folks get to where they could feel safe and to be whole and to um, eventually make their way to Canada is where they were headed. Um, and we were the first stop. And I always think that's something Quincy should be proud of and know more about. Absolutely. Um, so the Underground Railroad House is amazing. Um, Dave Oakley um, will be doing some tours. I think I'll be doing some tours. Uh, we're hopefully going to have some live music by a wonderful performer, um, Matt Morris. And uh, refreshments and all the good stuff, too. Uh, I'm excited. <laughs> but everybody get, can, can learn something about this amazing part of Quincy's history um, and how we were a, a city of refuge. I like that. I think it's important that listeners today, as they're listening, that they realize that um, Quincy is not um, new to the equality space. Quincy have been leveraging that and um, really being in that narrative for a long time. Matter of fact, that's some of the legacy and history of Quincy. So um, when people think about DE&I, I want them to go beyond, um, as I said earlier, just kind of the race and ethnicity and really think about what Quincy has already done in that space. And I'm really to, I don't want to say reinvigorate it, but I want them to really get back in that space and really think about how we can continue to build on what already has been laid for us. And as a Quincy, and you know, I think I hope that everyone has some pride in that because being um, a city that was on the Underground Railroad, or if you're familiar with the Mormon Church, um, the the Mormons actually call Quincy City of Refuge because they they helped uh, the Mormons escape. Um, so Quincy has a long history of that, and I think that if we want to carry that legacy, we need to do as much as we can. Absolutely. So you were talking earlier, and I I don't know if this was intentional or unintentional, but knowing you, it was probably Laura being Laura. You talked about um, how much everyone else gave. To the organization in last year, but I want to commend you because you are like a uh, phenomenal grant writer. If I <laughs> if I wanted to get any money, I'm certainly coming to you to write those grants. And just how much you've done for the arts, Quincy, and how much money that you have raised to pass back to through the community, um, you have done that single handedly. No one writes grants like Laura Seaver, so I want her to. I just want to make sure that I give her, as my grandmother would say, her flowers while she's alive because she does a great job at making. sure sure funding is available for these rich programs that she just talked to us about and also opportunities and to continue to impact Quincy in the way that Quincy should be impacted. Well, ours Quincy is glad to do some some granting ourselves. So besides me writing grants, which is um, it is a place that I really um, professionally have had um, a lot of success, um, but that allows us to do more out in the community. So for example, this year um, we doubled the amount of all of the grants that go to out to our partner organizations. I just think that's amazing. Um, because we were able to, and they needed it, and they, they were trying to keep staff and all of those things. So it was just a part of what we wanted to do. Um, but then also, in the time that I've been here, which is um, five years, actually, this week, because five years for me, <laughs> um, a, we have tripled the amount of money we put into our children's programming. And uh, to the credit of my board, um, we you know I made that one of my priorities, and they really got behind it as a strategic priority to say, every kid in Quincy should have access to these arts programs. And we're doing more scholarships and more after school opportunities and you know if somebody calls me from that school and says somebody needs a clarinet and can't afford one we're gonna go out and find it so um you know it's something that we're real proud of and, and hope to just keep growing that's some great passion to have in Quincy. I hope more of our listeners take advantage of that and get connected with your organization. So, Laura, not only did you bring a TEDx Quincy here to Quincy, but you also recently were on a TEDx talk. And I know that we're talking about arts, but you can't talk about arts without talking about what you physically bring to the table and who you are as a person. So in your TEDx, I want you to tell our listeners, for those that have not heard it yet, tell them what your big idea was. 
So my uh, my don't give them all the details. Just the big idea. This is a teaser. You got to go watch my TEDx. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So um, I was on TEDx normal stage. So so like you said, I hosted TEDx Quincy, and it's a totally different um, uh, situation to be behind um, the the host uh, persona or to be out there giving a talk. But it's called um, Stop Settling for the Bronze, um, and it's about public art and equity. Um, And really, the idea is 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 are we curating our spaces to reflect what we hope to see in our community? Are we reflecting who is in our community and how they impacted it? So, for example, Dr. Eel's house is a terrific example, right? Absolutely. It is a place we've invested to keep and preserve, but wouldn't it be amazing to supplement a terrific, iconic location like that with some artwork about the Underground Railroad, about the struggles, about what drives somebody to take that risk and cross that river. And, and like, I get all teary. Like, I can't imagine, right? Yeah. I can't imagine being that in that situation. And, and then the people willing to help, right? Here's a guy who's a doctor. He can just go set up shop and be fine, but he wants to stick his neck out and help people he doesn't know, help strangers Absolutely. he doesn't know. So... So when I think of art and I think of the work of art, that's what I want art to do for our community. I want it to shine a light on this amazing thing that we should have reverence for and understand. So my TEDx piece is really that, is have we considered, you know, rather than sticking up another Lincoln statue, I love Lincoln. I share a birthday with Lincoln. (laughs) Lincoln and I are like this. I thought we used to get my birthday off specifically for Abraham Lincoln's birthday. But what... What artwork can we invest in that really elevates our community and makes a conversation piece that we can be proud of? So that's what the piece is about. It just challenges us to think a little differently and be more inclusive and be, um, you know, forward thinking about what it means to have an art collection because it's our public art. It's our it's our collection. And uh, we should we should think like curators. Absolutely. I have one final question for you. I want you to tell us about the um, statues that you brought here that's in front of the schools. Yeah. The Celebration of Education Sculpture Series um, was uh, kind of the brainchild of the um, of, uh, of a, a nice coffee conversation <laughs> with myself and Sharon Twiddell of the Mormon Foundation. Um, they wanted us to really celebrate um, all of the amazing investment. I mean, we built five new elementary schools. And that is, if, if nothing else, the one of the best things that Quincy's ever done for Absolutely. talent, attraction, and retention is that. So they said, what's, what's the cherry on top, right? How do we, how do we say, what's the, what's the, the crowning achievement of this? So, um, we kind of brainstormed and came up with this terrific idea. Um, and, uh, we brought eight sculptures to Quincy, um, all five of the elementary schools, the new elementary schools, um, the Quincy senior high, the Quincy junior high and the Quincy Notre Dame. Um, and it's our hope to actually expand that in the next calendar year. So we're looking at some of the other, um, parochial schools. Mm -hmm. Um, but each of the pieces is really, really unique. And, um, I, you know, everybody asks me, but they always ask me, what's my favorite? What's your favorite? How about that? You know what? Um, it could be just because I'm a Blue Devil fan. Sure. You know, undoubtedly, right? Sure. So I like the one that's in front of QHS. Yeah, that was actually the easiest one to choose, I must say. So I really like that one. I <laughs> we, really, and oddly, I pass the one on Main all the time. Yeah. But I really just like that one. Well, I'll tell you a quick story about the QHS, uh, <laughs> the QHS one. Um, we had people from all over the country enter to be one of our sculptors and lots of them had lots of conversation we were real on the fence about different ones but with the qhs one we saw big blue torch (laughs) and literally no one had any more questions you're like no that's that's (laughs) that's gotta go there uh we even have him lit you know it's lit from the inside so that's super cool that artist's name is dan perry he's out of um cedar falls iowa he's an instructor at um northern iowa 
University. Um, There's and that Iowa thing again. Huh? I know. We had a couple of Iowa uh, Iowa people, yeah. <laughs> they were all Midwesterners except for one uh, out of South Carolina. So, um, But uh, you can learn about each one of these individual sculptures by um, downloading our Otacast app. So O-T-O-C-A-S-T. That's free. Um, and then when you're at the sculpture, you can actually listen to the artist tell you about the piece themselves. Oh, wow. Um, so that's really fun. Um I think my favorite has got to be the Baldwin School sculpture, so outside of Blue Devil Gym, and that's because I'm biased. Uh, <laughs> but um, my son and I, so it's actually, if you haven't seen it, is a biplane made out of handprints. And my son was one of the students. Oh, wow. Um, so we actually had, just <laughs> amazing, we had kids... My son was four at the time, the youngest kid at Baldwin at the time, um, trace their hands on stainless steel and use a plasma cutter with an artist uh, supervisor to cut out their own handprint. Oh, wow. And so every student, every staff member, um, all of the like janitors and cafeteria workers um, and the PTA and myself um, wow. all have handprints that were welded together to make that biplane. So I think that I'm a little emotionally attached to the... I would say that, so. And that's know. a great inclusion piece. Yes. Everybody we're all in it together, right? It was really, really fun. And I cannot believe that Roy Webb let me let <laughs> five-year-olds use a positive. I mean, it, it was fine. Nobody, you did say with supervision. We, so. we, we lost only one or two fingers. It was fine. But that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I encourage everybody to get out there. It's a terrific way to spend an afternoon. You got eight eight sculptures, eight great stories. That Otacast app is free. Um, and they have sculpture tours all around the country, too. So, uh, you know, go explore some other sculptures um, as well. Uh, but we're real proud of it. Yeah. You have a couple of really big events this summer coming along. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, we are super excited to partner with Jackson Lincoln Pool for two amazing arts nights. They are going to be um, uh, June 8th. I'm always reversing these. It's June 8th. It's a Tuesday night um, and July 6th. On June 8th, we will be doing um, Mardi Gras night. So we're really... Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, we are screening on a big LED like stadium projection screen, um, the movie The Princess and the Frog. Oh, wow. Um, neat. <laughs> and we're, when we're, we're featuring um, different partner organizations, um, including the Quincy concert band Low Brass Ensemble, who will do some Dixieland music, uh, food and refreshments provided free of charge from um, Blessing Health Systems. Just really got to shout them out as a sponsor because Absolutely. that's amazing. And um, then we'll be making Mardi Gras masks and things too. So lots of fun, fun activities there and it will be totally free starting at 6 o'clock on June 8th. Um, and then July 6th is the one that I am just over the moon about. <laughs> um, uh, really, really excited about this one. Um, we are having um, a celebration of rhythm, is what we're calling it, um, featuring a West African touring group called Afriki Lolo. They are out of uh, St. Louis. Um, they're drummers and dancers and, and they're cultural educators, and they are so much fun. I mean, they get out there with these drums and you just have to dance. And that's part of the, part of the fun, is they actually have that inclusion and they wow. want you to get up there and dance so i know you're going to come dance with me i am going to come dance with you <laughs> i am gonna and be, i'm going to come make me a mask it's going to be amazing um and uh also the qhs drumline um is going to be there so you know you can you see the connection there absolutely um you'll be able to make your own dim, dim jimbe dim jimbe drum 
I'm, I got to figure out how to say it. Maybe you don't say the D. It's we'll maybe Jimbe, maybe. I think maybe Jimbe. Rhythm drum. I don't know. It is. But it's a specific <laughs> West African drum. Um, but we're going to have some crafts and, uh, and uh, like I said, the QHS drum line. That is on um, July uh, the 6th, which is also Tuesday night. Also free to attend. Also free food from uh, Blessing Health Systems. And really excited about that partnership with Jackson Lincoln. Everybody should come down. I, I hope that we run out of everything and there's so many people we don't know what to do with it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be a huge thing for our community. As you said earlier in the in the podcast, you talked about when people say we don't have anything to do, and people like yourself, you're sticking your neck out, and you're bringing great things, and you're bringing them together, and then you have great partners like Blessing. I really hope that our community do not let you down on this one. I will certainly be there, and for all our listeners that are listening, please be there as well. And I want to make sure I give one more thank you out there for those events because it's just important to say them. Um, another great sponsor on that is the J.W. Gardner Foundation um, and the Illinois Arts Council uh, because they have all provided funding. It is not inexpensive to put something like that on, and we ex- we just really appreciate all that support. I can't imagine how much money it takes to put on an event like that and the talent that you have coming together. And you're feeding. I'm yeah. coming just for that, right? I know. <laughs> I'm coming just for that and to dance. Anything else, Laura, that you would like to tell our listeners before we wrap it up today? Well, I am the neighbor of this fine lady right here uh, at the Ugly Lindsay Center. Um, so uh, our offices are up there. Uh, do uh, check us out on online at artsquincy.org. Um, follow us on Facebook and Twitter um, and Instagram. And, uh, you know, subscribe to that magazine because there is lots and lots coming back and lots and lots to do. And I promise you I can program your summer. Uh, awesome. Thank you to Laura Seifert, Executive Director of Arts Quincy for being with us today and another thank you to our partner Town Square Media Quincy Hannibal.